Of our psalm today, one commentator says, this psalm so overflows with rich, resonating magnificence that it is nearly a crime simply to recite it. The very luxury of the sounds needs to be tasted, the mouth and throat filled by its glory. I confess that for many years I have habitually sung this psalm in the shower, always in the eighth tone. He continues, the dominating ideas appear repeatedly, variously combined and in endless replications. Benediction, magnificence, glory, abundance, majesty. This Psalm 145 is the act of praise that reflects the end of our gospel today. Then fear came upon all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen up amongst us, and God has visited his people. Perhaps one can see it as the liturgical expression of parts of our epistle lesson. I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit, that you may be able to comprehend what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Of course, St. Paul can't help after these words, but write and sing, perhaps, whilst writing? A a doxology, most likely a well-known one from the liturgy and hymns of the early New Testament church. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. This psalm is properly the voice of new life that is, with, that is within each of us. That life of which Christ said, I have come that they may have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Our commentator says, each mounting crescendo of this psalm abounds with the life of the victorious Christ. Generation after generation will praise your deeds and make declaration of your might. The magnificence of the glory of your holiness they will tell, and your wonders will they proclaim. They will speak the power of your fearsome deeds and expound on your magnificence. They will herald the remembrance of your goodness, and in your righteousness they will Exalt. Regarding the first couple of verses of this psalm, Father Neil notes that there are many persons who, looking round on the wonders of creation, for instance, particularly in this location, they are ready to magnify God. But they who recognize Him as directly ruling what He has made, as having a personal relation to themselves, as having the right to govern their conscience and acts, as being the future judge of their conduct, as being, in short, their king, are much fewer. There's not so many of us that are ready to do that. 
Still fewer are they who look forward with delight to the thought of constantly praising him as well in the world to come as in this world. And who do not fail to give thanks to him every day, even if weighed down by sorrow, disquieted by fever, oppressed with sickness, or troubled with coldness and dryness. Father Neil notes, however, that we must begin the song of praise here if we are going to continue it in the future. We must practice now daily for the world to come where our main focus will be the praise and worship of God Almighty. He uses Job as the the example. That man shows us how even in the midst of the deepest sorrow, we can keep this rule of life for on on the one day when all the terrible blows fell together upon him. We read that he answered, The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The psalm for today begins, I will magnify thee, O God, my King, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. The New King James Version has it, I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day will I bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. The word magnify in our first line means to raise up, to be high, either figuratively or metaphorically, even to be lifted up or set up on high or mounted up. The Latin Vulgate and the Greek Septuagint both have exalt. Neil notes that the extol of the Coverdale translation in our prayer books and of the authorized version is a fitting word to use of him who is exalted on the cross in his passion, exalted out of his grave and his resurrection, above all angels in his ascension, high over the hearts of mankind in the spread of the gospel, and who will be throned at last as judge of the quick and the dead. Verse 3, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. A great scholar from history notes that there are four parts to his greatness. Breadth, length, height, and depth. This should ring a bell in our heads from our epistle lesson, especially if we read it in the Revised Standard Version, to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. Neil notes that our psalmist begins the praise of God with his greatness in his divine essence, which in breadth has no bounds, in length is eternal, in height is most high, in depth is incomprehensible. As king, the breadth of his dominion is such that all things serve him from the highest angel to the least of worms. In length, his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. In height, he rules with supreme and most absolute power. In depth, he is not only Lord of bodies, but of hearts, and rules the inmost thoughts and affections of all men. And there is nothing so hidden and secret that the scepter of his kingdom cannot search it out. The Coverdale of our prayer books translates verse 3 as, 
Great is the Lord and marvelous, worthy to be praised. There is no end of his greatness. Neil says, worthy to be praised, rather greatly to be praised because there is no end of his power. There is also no end of fresh causes for praise of the unbounded breadth of his love, unending length of his existence, immeasurable height of his immovable powers, unfathomable depth of his unsearchable wisdom. The end of his greatness reminds us of God's uncreated essence. No end in Hebrew is no searching out, as our new King James has it. His greatness is unsearchable or beyond our understanding. Otherwise, says Neil, if he were in any respect finite, he might be apprehended at last and shown to be, the su- to be subject to laws and conditions like all created things. My friends, this God of ours is a mighty God. He is worthy of all of ourselves, of all that we can offer, and all of our praise offered in his name. In relation to this psalm today, I would challenge all of us this morning, are we preparing for the life to come of everlasting praise and worship of God? Are we being faithful to respond to God with worship and praise each and every day? Do we pray morning and evening and add the Lord's Prayer midday so that we can be in step with historical Christians who prayed the Lord's Prayer three times a day as we saw this week in classes? Are we remembering in the midst of our trials and temptations of everyday life who this God is and what he's done for us? Might we have might we have to someday admit that we sing this psalm every morning in the shower? In whatever tone or to whichever psalm chance you would prefer is fine. May we praise God with every breath and with every word and with every action and heart attitude. Amen.